Hello. Um, this is Crimes Against Comedy. This is a podcast. We talk about comedy on this podcast, British comedy, and probably some other comedy, and probably some of the things that are not related to comedy. I was going to start this podcast with a life update, telling you guys that I've had two offers for college, and I may be perhaps performing in a Frog and Bucket gig. But forget all that. I met Sophie Alice Baxter yesterday. I'm fuming. The listeners can't see the shaking of head. Hello, we've not done this in a while. Well, we have, actually. It wasn't too long ago that I uploaded the last episode of this, but it was ages ago that we recorded it. Was it? Don't know. Shall we begin? Yes. I was going to talk about things in the order that they've been on, and the first thing was Unforgivable with Sophie Duker, Robert Rinder and David Baddiel. I sort of watched it, but I sort of didn't. The only notes I've made is Sophie Duker, full stop, Mel and Lou and Sophie's legs. Shall I leave it there? Why is my phone still going off, even though I've put it on silent? Are you having a laugh? Ah, I know why. It's because my phone's not locked. I thought I'd turned my alarm off. My alarm that I set on weekdays, I have an Apple Watch, so I've done my sleep schedule on there, and it tells me to go to bed at, like, half ten. It says wind down, and then it says wake up. It sets me an alarm, 6.45 the next day. I turned it off for half term for these other days, yeah. and then it decided to go off every day that I've been at home so far so I've been waking up at 6.45 and then having to fall back asleep again because I can't work out how to turn this blooming alarm off I was shaking my head at you then for having an Apple watch and then I realised I also have a smart watch that does pretty much the same thing I used to have a Fitbit and it used to tell you when to wind down it was like oh yeah bedtime in half an hour and most of the time I'd be like stood in Tesco and it'd be like oh it's time for bed sleeping here sleeping here sleeping Tesco anyway (laughs) Yeah, anyway. Hypothetical. Joe Brand, Ellie Taylor, Phil Wang, Jess Foster Q. I was going to watch that and then I then didn't. I can't remember why and I don't have it on my Skybox anymore and I can't download it, which is really upsetting. But I really like Ellie Taylor. I must. uh, I must? What? I mean, I watched it on... What am I on about? You must. What? No. (laughs) I watched this on um, Plus. No. (laughs) UK TV play. So I had the first thing I've written, because I have extensive notes yet again, I've put, it's the kids from Outnumbered, because I think there was like a box brought on or something, and then James said, it's the kids from Outnumbered. I don't know why, it was completely off topic, but that's what he said. The kids from Outnumbered, you must watch Outnumbered. I was watching it. I might watch a bit of it later, actually. I've still not seen Outnumbered. Isn't Katie Wicks in it a little bit? She's in one episode, one of the teams was called Weird Thumbs. It was Joe and Jess, I think. It must have been Jess. Someone asked Phil if he's a fan of detective series and he said you'll have to figure that out for yourself. I haven't even written one of the strange prizes down, which I normally do. There's always a, a something that sounds great out of context and it, it's even out of context when it's in the show. Joe told a what a lie to you story. What would a lie to you story? Christmas in the bath, Christmas dinner in the bath. It was a Christmas one. It was about hitchhiking. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She told, well, she was. She mentioned that. You haven't seen this, but James did a Dolly Parton impression. It was excellent. And he enjoyed it very, he enjoyed doing it very much. Also, though, I've put that I didn't enjoy this episode as much as the others. I've only seen a couple this series. I like, my favourite one was Roisin and Richard. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. I can't remember many of them, to be honest. Yeah, I even... Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. 
Anyway, we can talk about Taskmaster next. I'm trying to think because I missed... I could, literally, I completely forgot about the second episode when it was on. So I watched it, like, yesterday. This was the Paul Added Trees one, wasn't it, I think? Oh, it was so brilliant. That was my favourite episode so far of the series. I don't know who I want to win. Yeah. My nan actually boycotted Taskmaster because she doesn't like how mean Greg is to Alex. And I tried to make her watch the series 10 finale with me. And she stormed out of the room and went to do the washing up. She needs to get a position going. Oh, wait, <laughs> for Alex Horn. <laughs> I don't think she's even an OAP. How old do you have to be to be an OAP? I haven't got the rules with me. Well, she's 70. I don't know if she'll appreciate me saying this on a podcast. Love you, Jackie. Why have I called her Jackie? Is she called Jackie? I do hope that's her name. Yeah, she is. I haven't called her Jackie out of nowhere. Taskmaster, yes. Yeah, I don't know who want to win. Maybe Mike. And obviously if Lee won, but... I think out of everyone I'd like Charlotte to win, because you said this as well, Charlotte reminds me of me. You can imagine me going on there and doing trying to make a clock to remember how many days are in each month. I think, no, I think Charlotte's a lot more quiet than you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. What Taskmaster, out of all the series, what Taskmaster contestant do you most see yourself as? Oh, that's... A- question i don't know i I think maybe i just think you'd not be bothered i think i'd be but i think i'd try but then i'd get angry quite a lot i think i'd get really annoyed i think you'd be like i think you'd be like david Badil. i don't think i would i he was too calm about it all like joe bram was as well Maybe maybe Rose Matafeo? No. You'd be like Metal Gedroid. I've, I've said this many times. I've re- I really remind myself of Metal Gedroid just in all aspects of my life. Just really chaotic and really angry at her contestants. And she kept calling Noel Fielding the crow. She kept going, what, you're letting the crow win? The crow's won again. I want Claire Skinner on Taskmaster. Oh, yeah. I want Kiri on there. Kiri Pritchard McLean purely for her outfits. I've written that Lee looks really happy to be there. He tried to, um, what did he do as the prize task? Um, something funny. On the second one? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, because there's been two episodes, hasn't there? Yeah, the first episode he brought his children. (laughs) The second, no, I know the third one he brought, like, a dog or something. I can't remember what he brought for the second episode. The prize task was, like, bring a cup in or something, wasn't it? It might have been, like, a drinking receptacle or something. I can't remember. That's not even, that's just part of my everyday language. Since I've met you, I've begun talking ironically posh. I, I've always done that. I feel like Mel Gedroch does that. That's why she reminds me of me. Or like Miranda. <laughs> I'm not even posh. I, I'm not posh, am I? I must say, though, I'm if you saw the tweet about um, the fact that we were recording this podcast, I had to crop it down because I had Chibata on my keyboard and that's the most middle class thing that's ever happened to me i love a bit of ciabatta do i yeah that's a bit of olives are a bit do you not i used to eat olives every day i could eat a full jar in one but then i was banned <laughs> you were banned from olives i wasn't banned from olives it was just like oh no no you can't eat that full platter of olives all in one <laughs> you can't eat you can't eat the weight of Spain in olives. The weight. Apparently, the weight. Of, I don't know how much Spain weighs. If I'm honest, I've never. Weight <laughs> of Spain. I don't. How would you even measure the weight of Spain? I don't think you can. I don't think Spain has a weight. I don't think Spain has a weight because it's too heavy to be able to be lifted by literally anything. Yeah. Oh, also because how would you do that? Because like, what counts as Spain? 
I can't believe we're genuinely discussing this. Someone's just shouted Bill Bailey on the telly. Me at all times. Very apt for the podcast. I haven't got the telly on as I'm filming, by the way. I thought I should point that out. There's some horses on mine, which while we're talking about Lemak is actually quite on brand. Oh, should that be our fact for the week? I forgot my um, Lemak fact last episode. Unbelievable. He used to be Red Rum Stable Boy when he lived in Southport. Yeah, I aspire to have this attitude towards everything and don't know if it's good or bad thing. He got kicked out of college and then he put the telly on and there was a horse on it. And he thought, oh, forget that. I'm just going to ride horses for a living. And he was like, right. And he went down to the stables and was like, right, can I ride some horses? Can I ride some horses? And then he was like, and then he lied about his weight. So they were like, no, you can't ride a horse. So he ended up taking red rum for walks along Southport Beach. Anyway. Oh, brilliant. Hang on, I'm Googling our own podcast here. What for? How many listeners do you reckon we get? I've looked at this. <laughs> the last episode had, I think, 50 50 or 15 t like ty no oh teen that's dreadful yeah no maybe it was 20 something can't remember it's really gone downhill do apparently have listeners in malaysia and sweden though i don't know why malaysia i'm trying to think of any of my mutuals on twitter from malaysia or sweden can't believe you dennis is listening to our podcast i know incredibly niche taskmaster reference there if you get it then have a brownie point Another comedy point. If anyone listened to the end of the last episode, Kiki started randomly giving out points. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know why you just invented a points-based system. I haven't listened to the last episode. I might listen to it while I have my tea. But yeah, collect your points. And then when we come to the end of the podcast, have series. Yeah, does ours. I don't know what you want to do with them. You can trade. I don't know. <laughs> if I ever get famous and I'm ever doing a gig or something... You can come backstage and say to me three crime comedy points and I'll say to you, well done, and give you a hug. And sign your T-shirt. It's not too expensive and if you want me to do it and then I'll take a picture of you. And you can say to your mates, ha, I earned this. And I can say to your mates, ha, they earned this. Yes. Or I'll even sign like a million between once. They've got someone signed a lobster. I'll sign a lobster if you want me to. Yeah, if you want to bring a lobster, it's a bit of a waste of a lobster, but... Yeah, a little bit of a waste of a lobster. Yeah. I'll sign a Lucy, but only if it's clean. <laughs> Would you sign someone's guitar? I'd sign... No, because because I'm not Noel Gallagher. Have you seen um, <laughs> that episode? You have seen this episode of The One Show, where it was Lee Mack, Sally Breton and um, Noel Gallagher. And they've been interviewed by Chris Kamara and Michelle Ackler. Um, three of those people I've met, by the way. Just thought I'd let you all know. I tried to work out what the third one was, then I was like, oh yeah, Lee. Yeah, and Lee was going to bring his guitar and he was like, oh yeah, I was going to bring my guitar in, but I didn't want Noel scrolling all over it. It was really like, he's like, it's my best guitar. And also, um, they did not let Sally Burton get a word in Edgeways and someone commented on the YouTube video. Yeah. And, oh, Sally can wait. And I was like, oh, such wit. Everything about that is probably one of the reasons why I'm so into Oasis. I just, that's so witty. Yeah, it's better than this. Turn this off and go and read. Yeah, turn this off go and watch that. Anyway, can, I, can we continue with Taskmaster? I completely forgot. Yeah, continue with Taskmaster. <laughs> so um, Mike brought in a cup that he'd made, and I think it was quite good. It wasn't really a cup. Uh, Lee's got a tree surgeon, which... What did he say? I have my trees 
Pollarded. He, yeah, something like that. He sorts them out when they're pollarded or something. No idea. We're going to brush over that because I refuse to believe that. <laughs> the audience audibly gasped at a leaf blower. I can't remember at what point, but there was a point where a room full of grown adults <laughs> gasped at a leaf blower. I've written Mike Wozniak Incredible Booking because it's true. Mike Wozniak Incredible what? Booking. Like... Booking? Casting is what I meant. Oh, oh, I didn't know what you were on about. Yeah, he just thought he'd booked, he'd, he'd organised his holiday very well. <laughs> Incredible detail he's gone to. One of the tasks, right, was to get a balloon to hover. I, I feel like I've said that wrong. No, to get a balloon to hover untethered. And surely Lee and someone else whose balloon flew away, surely it was hovering untethered if it was going up towards the sky, do you know what I mean? Mike, Mike's flew away and he somehow, what's that word? Scrum, clamp, sc- something defence. He like climbed over a fence. He, uh, oh, there's a word for it. Scaled. That's it. That's yeah. it. He scaled a fence. He scaled a fence and then caught a balloon full of helium. And he scrummed the fence. He scrummed it. Was flying away. He scrummed the fence. <laughs> But yeah, and then he did some Irish dance thing to try and keep it close to the ground. Oh yeah, forgot about that. I think this was the first team task, wasn't it? The arguing one. That was good, if not rude. It had the same energy as that one prize task in series. No, not prize task. Studio task in series ten. When in it was the final two left, and it was Catherine Parkinson and Daisy May Cooper had to say a series of five letter words. Oh yeah. No, it was a series of four-letter words. And in the end, it was just Daisy swearing at Catherine. And Catherine tried to be rude back, but she, then she'd put too many letters on and got disqualified. Whoever had its Taskmaster bleeped must have been... Mm, yeah. <laughs> must have had the work out for them that day. Yeah, this I like this task. So the tasks in this episode were really good. I think the first episode, I was a bit like, oh, Red Rob's just been mentioned on my telly, and we were just talking about that. How interesting. Um, I like, because the first episode, I was a bit like, it got off to a bit of a slow start, but then the second episode, I was like, oh, these tasks are really good. Um, Charlotte was just being nice during the argument. Oh, yeah, and she was like... Was she the one who started off saying, you drive well? <laughs> yeah. That was her first insult. You drive well. You drive well. I mean, ridiculous. Anyway. What do you reckon I'd say? This is when Charlotte very much reminds me of me. But I wouldn't say something like that. I'd go, I hope you don't win or something like that. Yeah. Doesn't end a full letter word though, mate. Oh, yeah. Oh, that did. I hope you don't win, mate. I hope you don't win, mate. How did they know when that task had ended, though? It was really... Was there, like, a certain amount of time where if they didn't say anything, then... I think so. Or just Alex got fed up and was like, "Eh, right, (laughs) finished. Yeah. Maybe it was... I don't know. I've written Charlotte's Attempt, but I can't remember at what. I think it was the films, like the horror films, they were really good. There was a lot of mention of string. Yeah, there was. Um, yeah, all the films were very good. The final task was very good, not like I remember what it is. Oh, yeah, it was the milk one. Um, I learned Mike Wozniak washes his towels once a month and drinks 32 litres of milk a month. Yes. Or something along those lines. And I just think, I'm surprised he's not got remarkably strong bones. Maybe he has. I've never tried to break Mike Wozniak's arm, so... Yeah, you don't know. You've never measured the strength of Mike Wozniak's bones. 
No, and I don't know how I go about that because I've got to get all the independent and dependent variables. I'm on Easter holidays, mate. I don't want to be doing science experiments. I've just written vegan Lee just because they mentioned that Lee was a vegan. Um, and Sarah Kendall said that she was someone's attorney. I can't remember who's. That's like what Lee says on What Did I To You that you mentioned last episode. Yeah, he says it all the time. My client would like a minute. That's it. It's always when Bob's on there as well, or Frankie Horseman. What's his name? Frankie Horseman. He's not even called Frankie. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> Frankie Horseman. Kevin Bridges, that's who I mean. He's got the same energy as Gary Cheeseman. <laughs> yes, that, that sounds like one of Bob's characters that he'd make up on. What I lie to you? That. Frankie Horseman. You know, did I tell you that... Um, once Emily Dean, instead of saying stable boy, she called Lee Mac a horse person. Because <laughs> there were some horses in the park where they were walking and she went, oh, Lee, maybe they can sense that you're a fellow horse person. I just remembered. Horse person. <laughs> Lee horse person. Frankie Horseman and Lee horse person. <laughs> yes, exactly. Gary Cheeseman. Bob Mortimer. Um Taskmaster podcast, I've been tweeting at Gamble for weeks saying, please get Catherine Parkinson on there. And so then he released the news that Catherine Parkinson was going to be on there. I couldn't think straight for hours. But um, (laughs) (laughs) she was on it, was brilliant. Described her chaos, also said that people say, oh, my God, you were terrible on Taskmaster. She goes, no, that wasn't me. That was Amanda Abington. Crossover's incredibly funny. But yeah, it was incredibly funny. It increased my liking for it, likening I don't know not likening I don't look like him it increased it, it's made me like him more pretty much yes and she didn't answer your question yeah she ignored my question speaking of ignoring Gabby Logan I worked at yesterday and she ignored me I know that's a very random anecdote but yeah I saw Gabby Logan what did we say what did we say yesterday with Sophia Despex's new song Logan in the what was it because she normally like because she's not Beyonce normally walks out of the stage door. I must point out that there's a place in Salford, which is in Manchester, which is in the UK, where there's old studios and you can walk around. Yeah, Gabby Logan, I have seen walking around before, but yeah, as soon as I waved at her, a car was straight in the loading bay. <laughs> so really, she doesn't want to see me again. Every single person who's in that studio, the car ended up in the loading bay. <sighs> And I don't like to think that it was my fault. This is a bad highlighter. Just sort of let you know. It's really awful. And um, yeah, Castmaster Podcast, that's it really. But it was very good and I highly recommend listening to it. Which brings us nicely on to sitting. Does it? Probably, yeah, that'll do. I don't know what to say about this. I've only, because I've, I've literally watched it. Well, this is Catherine Parkinson's new. Well, it's, it was a play, wasn't it? And they've adapted it. Do you want the backstory? She wrote it for the fringe oh yeah and then it was done at the fringe and she'd never been in it before and then they transferred it transferred they transferred it they transferred it to the arcola arcola is that how you say it theater in london she still wasn't in it then and then we went into lockdown the bbc approached her and avalon and said look love we'd like to adapt your play for delhi and she said all right so she did it and she was in it and she played a woman called Mary, and without spoiling it too much, it was very clever and very funny, and it made me cry as well. And Yeah, I know the ending's really sad. It's really... Is this even allowed on a comedy podcast? It's very, very sad, but it's very well written, and I think she's a very funny woman. Yes, I agree. 
Thank you. I think I don't know because at the start I was like, "What's going on here?" And then, but the end I was like, "Whoa!" So yeah, I did. Yeah, it was good. Um, I've, I have made notes on sitting, but the only thing that I've written is meatloaf in capital letters. Oh yeah, because she said someone told her she looked like meatloaf. I just think a lot of the things she said were true about herself. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Pretty much, it was really, really ridiculously good. It was on BBC Four. I think it should have been on a... Yeah, I've just remembered this. That's a weird, bit of a weird thing to... Yeah, unless it was because it's a celebration of the arts. It's on iPlayer. If anyone would like to watch it, it's on iPlayer. It's called Sitting, and it's Catherine Parkinson's debut play. Yes. But be prepared to cry. Yes. I don't, why would... It's, well, I don't know. Would you say it was a comedy? Parts of it were. I'm trying to think what else I can say about it. I was going to say, did it remind me of Alan Bennett? But no, not really. It did me a little bit, but... I think it's because the man that directed it also directed Alan Bennett's Talking Heads last year, the newer ones. Oh, I didn't know that. Who directed it? Uh, Jeremy Heddin, his name is, or something like that. Oh, I don't know who he is. <laughs> oh, I don't know who he is, even though I've asked you the question. <laughs> is that all we've got to say on it? I feel like we should have to speak about it extensively. Oh, I must say, Catherine was very good in it. The acting was very good. That's what I must say. She was really good in it. One of the best things I've ever watched. It was amazing. Very good. Yes. Can I talk about hypothetical? It's a very, it's a very quick change from a sort of very well thought out play to Sue Perkins. So this was Sue Perkins, Sarah Pascoe, Dame Baptiste, and Sindhu V. I think that's an excellent lineup. That is a good lineup. One of the, oh, see, I have mentioned one of the hypothetical prizes here, and it was, it was brilliant. A rice cake that looks like Tony from Hollyoaks. That's amazing. I mean, it no sense at all. Clearly not much thought has gone into it, but still very funny. And um, fun fact, the character of Tony from Hollyoaks went out with Sean Gibson's character in Hollyoaks for a little while. It really, it very much struck me in this episode that it's all improvised. The editing, and I, I know if any of you have listened to any, if you've been listening to this, then you'll know that I am not a person to talk about good editing. <laughs> but I think, like, it wasn't very polished. Like, they left a lot in where it was clearly a bit rough around the edges but that's sort of what improv is so that was why it struck me it was like oh this is really improvised so yeah but I didn't mind it there was a point where I don't know like Sarah drew a moustache on herself and it was there for the whole show and it probably ruined the continuity well didn't really ruin the continuity because it was her whole episode but you know what I mean and she just sort of and they were just like yeah do it whatever they mentioned Pret-a-Manger and <laughs> James mentions it in his stand-up specials I actually thought when they said Bono Anytime anyone mentions Bono, I always think of that time that Apple like forced U2 albums onto us all. And I always think, oh, I'm going to make a joke about that. And then, yeah, but then they did it, so. Can I say what Bono reminds me of? Yes, but is it Ross and Rachel? No. Tamsin? Yes. U2, Ross and Rachel song. Oh, yeah, U2. Tamsin, Greg. I say Tamsin as if she's my best mate. Tamsin, Greg. Bono kissed her pregnant tummy. <laughs> when she was pregnant with her daughter. I also get that Tamsin has kids. Well, has she got one child? She's got three children. Has she? Well, I say children. Two of them are adults. Oh, I didn't even know that. I thought she had one daughter. She has one daughter and two grown men. Two grown men. Oh, I didn't know that at all. I've written John Robbins also. I think it's because someone was doing 
Oh, it's because someone was doing a Bono impression, and there's I can't I, I couldn't possibly tell you what episode, but the XFM podcast, Ellis James and John Robbins, and John did a Bono impression at some point, and yes, that's all I've got to say. Shall we talk about the other Taskmaster <laughs> for the prize task? I didn't even know what a sauna stone was, and it was literally the task, and I don't even know what a sauna stone is. Lee went straight over the rope. He had they had to sort of throw it well. They had to sort of perform a task from a distance and there was a rope and he went straight over it. Mike said it's bamboo time. Oh, Mike compared himself to Jessica Ennis and then threw a wet cloth with the aid of some bamboo. I didn't expect Sarah to be ahead. I don't know why, but I just didn't expect her to be winning. And uh, and Charlotte said that I guess the problem is that time only has two hands. And that is all I have to say on Taskmaster. Oh, I've got something that was really good to talk about. Oh, I must also say that I don't know if anyone wishes to catch up on Pointless, but there was a comedian special and Miles Jutt, Rosie Jones, Russell Kane, Lucy Beaumont, Reese James, Lloyd Griffith, Phil Wang and Sindhu V were all on it. Excellent lineup. So, I mean, if you wish to catch up on an episode of Pointless, do so. Reese James was on Mastermind and also Kiri Pritchard McLean has filmed an episode of Celebrity Mastermind. I'm not sure when it's on. Katie Wicks. I don't know if it's the same episode, but Katie Wicks is also there, as well as Tracy Ann Oberman. Yes. Yes. Paul Ritter. Oh, yes. Do you want to talk about Paul Ritter? I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. It's Paul Ritter, best known for playing Martin Goodman in Friday Night Dinner. He passed away on Monday, and it wasn't publicly released until Tuesday. And I am in complete and utter shock because I watched Red Night Dinner a year ago and it was definitely one of the biggest parts of my lockdown. It was remarkably shocking. I couldn't believe it. So a lot of people have written Guardian articles and stuff about him. If you'd like to read any like memories of him, Tom Rosenthal has done a lovely thread on Twitter. His username is at Rosentweets, I'm pretty sure. And he's tweeted Simon Bird's statement as well. Tamsin Gregg has written something for The Guardian which I very, very, very highly recommend reading. She put it perfectly. Tracy Ann Oberman has put something on Twitter. I think Sharon Horgan did. Sharon Horgan. Ashlyn B. Ashlyn B. Daniel Mays put something on Instagram. So many people. I just can't believe he's gone, really. And I think it's very, very sad. And my thoughts are with his family and his friends and his co-workers and everyone that ever knew him and loved him and was a part of his life. Yes, exactly. Love to everyone who's affected by the news, really. Try to think what else to say. Yeah, it's just very shocking news. He was also, this isn't. This wasn't a comedy, it was a drama, but I feel the need to mention it. A Radio 4 play was on a couple of weeks ago, 10 episodes across 10 days, and they're 15 minutes each or something like that. It was called Meet Me at the Museum, and it was, again, Tamsin Greg and Paul Ritter, and it was the last thing he did. Just, yeah, we just wanted to mention it, and it was very nice to see everyone... I think it was very reassuring for people who are fans of him to read all sort of nice things. Now we're gonna are we gonna have to stay really sombre or are we gonna have to go straight into talking about like a new stand-up show? I've still got a little bit of news actually, we could continue with that. So Bob Mortimer has got a book out. It's called And Away, I think. He's doing signed copies at Watchdogs for twenty quid and I think sixteen ninety nine not signed. And I'm hoping that he does a book signing. I think we both are because it would be very lovely to meet Bob, but I'm not sure whether that can go ahead. Jessie Cave has finished her book, and you can order that from Waterstones, signed or unsigned. I assume you can get unsigned copies. Oh, yes, also, Richard Blackwood is on um, Name That Tune at some point. He filmed it yesterday. And also, Have I Got News For You is back. 
and as well, news from Rachel Riley herself. Cats Down, it's been filmed in May. I'm not sure about audiences and things, and I'm not sure when it'll go out. Also, on the last episode of this podcast, we said go and listen to Catherine Ryan's podcast. This episode of the podcast, we would like to say... Don't. Don't. Yeah, we just want to reassure everyone that we don't support her, basically. Because uh, it's very... It's not a difficult situation, it's a ridiculous situation on her part because she refused to apologise and then slagged off a load of teenagers on her own podcast when you're a 37-year-old woman. Yeah, but we just want to reassure what? We just want to reassure our listeners that we don't support her with it. We're just saying listen to a podcast last episode. Yeah. Very serious podcast. I know it's a very serious podcast. I think we've been a bit chilled as well, and then it's gone serious, and so now we don't know how to go back into chaos anyway. But um I want to talk about something that's just so good there's never really been anything on this podcast where i've been like this is absolutely amazing but this is the first thing i'm saying that about and it was rose matafeo's stand-up special which i've been waiting ages to see called horn dog and so it's been put on iplayer as part of the funny festival which is sort of a bbc2 celebration of comedy which i am working my way through so yeah i've been waiting a while to watch it you haven't seen this have you I need to watch it. I don't know if it's rude, though. There is... A, there's literally, like, a mi- maybe a minute's total of rudeness, which is... I might watch it, then. Yeah, I think maybe it's skippable. I'm not sure. Anyway, so the intro... I watched the intro. It was on Twitter ages ago, and I saw someone say it looks like sort of the start of a coming, a, a com, coming of age. Coming, coming of age? Yeah. Is that the phrase? Coming of age film? Mm. And it, it does. It's really cool. Uh, I could tell I loved it within like, it was like three minutes. And I don't think I've actually seen as many stand-up, like hours of stand-up as I thought I had. Because I've got a list of ones that I want to watch, but I've barely seen any. Yeah, like she proper like performs, like she doesn't just stand there and say things. I know that makes absolutely no sense, but like she gets really into it. It's really good. There was a montage of dolphins and a bit about flat feet. They weren't the topics of the show, but (laughs) they were there. I was looking for a word and then I realised that that word to describe it is probably chaos. I won't ruin the ending, but so, so brilliant. I'm obsessed with it. And also, I noticed towards the end that Barbara Wiltshire directed it and I know that I think she directed What I Lied to You for a while and the live episode of Inside Number Nine. All I can say is just it was really, really good. That's all I've got to say on Rose. I'm trying to think what we've got next to talk about. Oh, yeah. Fun of, what? Funny Festival Live. So this was a series of stand-up specials. Well, a series of, like, stand-up shows from different venues, I think, different venues around the UK. And there was a virtual audience, and then there were some people in the room who worked for the production company. So the first episode, I didn't actually get around to finishing it. They're all on iPlayer, by the way, if you want to catch up on any of the Funny Festival. Yeah, so Jason Manford hosted this. Judy Love was on it, as well as Michael Strane, who I'd never seen before, but he was like really sort of sort of in a character and just he just made up really random things that were funny. Like he said that his dad was a door-to-door door salesman. There was an act called Two St. Douglas who was just so, so excellent. And I don't know, I'm just I'm gonna have to check him out because it's just so excellent. That's I didn't actually finish watching it, so that's all I've I know that Jade Adams was in it, who was in Alma's not normal. She's in pilot. Who else is on it? I can't remember. I think that might be it. But yeah, Tucson, definitely check out. As well, I didn't actually finish this again, but basically, no, not basically, yes. But B 
BBC iPlayer, there are some shorts on there. So there's a thing called Festival Funny Shorts, which first of all I like because it could be a celebration of comedy in the form of minute-long films. And it also could be a celebration of comedic garments, which I quite like. (laughs) And yeah, so what I intend on doing is each episode talking about 15 minutes worth. So in this case, there was one which is actually 15 minutes long and it's called Majority. And I didn't actually finish it. I'm going to get around to finishing it. First observations, Roy Cropper appeared in it from Coronation Street. The Northern actor on the like bench wasn't even like, I don't know, it was just the accent that was very funny and I don't even think they were funny things. Yeah, I might leave it there. Maybe if it gets, um, if there's anything else worth talking about in the next episode, then I may do so. But I'm just going to talk about 15 minutes worth in each episode. That's it, I think. I don't even want to know how long we've been recording this for. Oh, also, if you want to apply for Have I Got News For Your Tickets, I mentioned it in the last episode, but you can apply on the SRO Audience website for virtual tickets. Oh, we said we'd talk about Ayoadi on top. Ayoadi on top, reached Ayoadi's book. I read it. I had to skip bits of it because it was a bit rude, but it was quite good. I it was it was a bit strange because it's literally a review of a Gwyneth Paltrow film, but it was funny. It was very very funny and it was very dry, and it was very quintessentially Richard. So yeah, I recommend. Great. Yeah. I can't think of anything else that we've got to talk about. We'll probably remember at some point, but yeah. for now that is it. Oh yes, I. I'm perhaps doing a gig, but I'm not going to tell anyone where they can get tickets because I don't want any of our listeners to come. Sorry. Thank you very much for listening, but don't come. I literally, my favourite teacher left, like, last week, and she asked she asked me whether she could come to my gig, and I literally refused. Can I come? No. Actually, it goes out on YouTube, like, permanently afterwards, so there's literally no point in, do you know how, like, when you do a normal gig, you can be like, I don't want anyone I know to come. People that you know can watch it. Yeah. I've not even mentioned what gig, but it's a gong night. What if they gong you off? Yeah, I think they will. The thing is, as well, it's not even, like... Because on a normal gong night, if basically, you try and get through your five-minute set, but if they want you to go off, they hold up cards in the audience. And obviously, because they're at home on zoom they don't have cards they just have to hold a random object up and i seen someone the other day they got sent off by the brandishing of a huge ancient vase and i mean (laughs) the best way that anyone's ever been booed off (laughs) that is all we have to talk about even though i will probably remember something else but thanks for listening everyone thank you for your time however long this podcast is we seem to be getting longer and longer which is not what we want but it just ends up happening yeah Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry for this being too long. Sorry for this being out at all. Thank you very much for listening. Sorry for not being very funny this episode or any of the episodes. We've been Jen and Kiki. Good night. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.